0: Welcome to Life on Planet Earth with John Aiden Byrne.
1: Well, it's grand to be back again. We're going to do something a wee bit different than our usual weekly format. We're going to take stock of where we're at, now recording episode 21. And after some great reviews on the first 20 episodes sure why not and a growing audience we are thrilled to even have hit the apple podcast popularity charts in india recently the taj mahal oh my and a growing and expanding listenership throughout america and around the globe i'm your host john Aiden byrne coming to you from our studio in the new york metro region
0: A voyage of discovery in an uncommon age of unparalleled scientific, economic, political and social upheaval, life on planet Earth searches for the unvarnished truth, answers, solutions, and above all, hope for our existential crisis.
1: Before I hit the ground running, there's a tweet that made the rounds recently, and it had me in stitches. Amber Tozer tweeted, My mum just said she read something on a podcast. (laughs) Well, there's no generational divide on life on planet Earth. And we want to bring hope for our existential crisis. To dispel some of this doom and gloom. Bring you stories about courage, tenacity, faith... Hope, joy, charity, common sense, freedom, succeeding despite the seeming long odds, overcoming adversity in the most difficult circumstances, empowerment for businesses large and small, for people of the land and country, for families and amazing personal victories, like that of our recent guest, the amazing Joseph Brooks of San Antonio, Texas, who survived welfare and poverty and abuse and succeeded as a businessman, celebrity fitness trainer, author, publisher and dad.
0: I wanted to be successful and I moved away from the environment that kept me down and kept telling me that I'd never amount to anything, that I'd never be anything, that I was not the right skin color, that I didn't have the education. I knew there was something beyond that, I had to do it, and so I set out and I did it. And um, I was able to build one of the largest personal training studios in Texas and become a celebrity fitness
1: expert. And I give God the glory for that because I'm not smart enough to do all this. Thank you and keep it up, Joseph Brooks in San Antonio. Now, we just want to wrap up a few thoughts in this episode. Let's pray that the recent rioting in Minnesota ends soon and justice is done peacefully and properly. We're still in the middle of this terrible worldwide lockdown because of the coronavirus the lockdown is easing in different nations and different places. But this pandemic is like no other in historical memory. Sure, you can talk about the Spanish flu about a century ago, the bubonic plague and other public health disasters. This pandemic is uncharted in the global financial Response. Unprecedented is hardly the right word. National governments and central banks worldwide have literally printed money straight off the digital printing presses like never before. And what leaves many dumbfounded is that this fiscal medicine may actually be working. For now, the US stock market is recovering and I won't be surprised to see the Dow hit new highs later this year, barring some unforeseen event that throws a monkey wrench in the works. It is hard to find a talking head, economist, an expert, a government official who knows what is going to happen, how this is going to end. Nobody can reassure us now it is hard not to fathom this coming to an inglorious end with unimaginable grief as our colossal global and domestic debt continues to mount so if we're at 250 trillion dollars or so in global debt today by one recent estimate why not throw another 50 trillion at it What is going on? Is this money propping up a massive bubble in stocks and other asset classes? What have the denizens of modern monetary theory got to say about the hyperinflation of the Weimar Republic back in the 1920s in Germany? Of course, that was then and this is now. Today, we may be looking at a giant monopoly game of sorts, even an extraordinary Ponzi scheme girded by complex digital transactions with strange names like quantitative easing and massive bond purchases and repos. Yes, you can't help but feeling that small, peripheral nations like Ireland. Spain and Greece in Europe and so-called flyover states in the US, in the beautiful Midwest and in the South and elsewhere in America are pawns held captive to some global financial elites. Speaking of Europe, if this all goes badly, we won't be surprised if it triggers the eventual breakup of the European Union as we know it as Nations like Ireland realize they may be better served taking back control rather than be hobbled by obscene and imposed debt burdens and overregulation by puppet masters in Brussels. I'm your host John Aiden Byrne. In the meantime, ordinary businesses have suffered through this terrible pandemic With the great loss of life and the massive suffering, thank you all on the front lines and first responders and the various agencies and charities doing so much good work. And even neighbours are helping each other. It's just remarkable. Keep it all up. But there are businesses suffering as governments and mayors told them to keep the doors shut and as new rules slowly emerge... For reopenings, I had to lay off 7,500 people in the last week. I have 8,000 employees. I've been in business for 35 years. We're in the heart of Times Square and paying 91,666
0: dollars a month rent. The government offered a subsidy; it would pay 25. percent. I'm taking the position that I'm not paying rent because the government shut me down not because of how I was operating, but because of the coronavirus.
1: That was Hugh O'Lunny and Ed Doherty, who spoke to me recently at the outset of the pandemic about its impact on their hospitality businesses in New York and elsewhere in the US. Well, we don't know where this is going to end. One money man told me he is on the upside. America, he said has been flooding the market with funds since 2008, 2008, and he has yet to feel a day of reckoning coming. As much as I hate to say that, he added. Then quickly continued, I think of the best economy since 1969 will offset some of the danger. Assuming it goes back to that quickly, opening up America before July will be key, he said. Sure, what is going on? Now, I'd like to pick up on the theme of Ireland again, because there was a fascinating opinion piece, well written in the New York Times recently by Sean McCreish. It was titled, Donald Trump, Joe Biden and the Foot of the Irish. From Tammany Hall to Build the Wall... The Long Journey of Irish-American Politics. Now, you could conclude from reading this piece that once successive generations of Irish had become settled and assimilated and were comfortable in their new American homeland, then a switch to the Republican Party was almost inevitable. Adopted as a sort of badge of honour and as a status symbol, of prosperity. Well, the reality is a bit more nuanced, complicated and downright disturbing. We believe much of this has to do with a red line in the sand, literally and figuratively, and it is controversial. The radical support of abortion rights by the Democrats, a party that the Irish have traditionally had a natural affinity with because of its support Of workers' rights, a living wage, the poor and marginalised, all good stuff, has driven out hordes of Irish Americans. Abortion is addressed in this New York Times opinion piece, but it is buried and does not get enough attention. Once abortion rights were adopted by the Democrats as party policy, it sowed the seeds of its own destruction among large swathes, Of Irish America. Many Irish switched to the Republican Party or started to vote independent or for others. Once human rights in the womb was up for grabs in this horrible manner, that is the rights of the unborn, then almost everything else in the Democratic Party was fair game for revision and change. Everything from taxes and regulation to personal and religious freedom and the status and sanctity of the family in our society. Now, just a wee side note here. I qualify now as an Irish American. I am a US citizen now and very proud of that. I was born in Ireland, so I am also an Irish citizen. Now, soon after we came to this wonderful land of America back in the 80s and settled in New York first... I recall one day being introduced to the legendary and late Labour leader, Teddy Gleason, a celebrated Irish American who was president of the International Longshoremen's Association until 1987 and his passing. We were led into his office one fine day on New York's West Side, and one of the things that struck me was the life sized statue of the Blessed Mother that stood behind his desk and even dwarfed the great union leader himself. Teddy Gleason was clearly a devout Catholic. Teddy had the proverbial twinkle in his eye and exuded a kind of peacefulness almost, I do not exaggerate. I suppose he needed the Blessed Mother's protection and intercession a lot, giving the struggles he led But my point is even larger. Teddy Gleason was a pro-family man with a strong sense of morality and of good personal and civic behaviour. I have no doubt he would be aghast today if he were alive and saw the US labour movement cravenly supporting the radically pro-abortion and woke policies of the democratic establishment. Workers deserve sensible representation for a decent wage justified by the circumstances. They deserve the good fight, and that fight should extend to the most vulnerable, the little baby in the womb. You shouldn't be surprised then that more and more of the rank-and-file union membership in America have also switched from the Democratic Party and vote for Republicans, Independents, and others. And finally, we just had some excitement on the space front. Anybody that was following, and some temporary disappointment as NASA aborted the SpaceX NASA manned launch and then reset it. Let's go down memory lane, the electronic lane, and the year is nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, Houston, eleven. Go ahead, eleven.
0: Seconds away from the Apollo 11 liftoff. All the second stage tanks now pressurized. Thirty-five seconds and counting. We are still go with Apollo 11. Thirty seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. T-minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start, six.
1: Wow. Watching on the sidelines of the latest space development at NASA is my good friend Chris Craddock of New York, owner of Rocket Star, and he is on the cutting edge of advances in cost-saving reusable rockets which land safely and are ready quickly for the next launch. He had some good news to report to me. His company, Rocket Star, is waiting for NASA to finish a pad at the Kennedy Space Center, which, funny enough, is where the astronauts in the SpaceX NASA launch from. Chris said, I am very happy Elon Musk and SpaceX are about to make history. Thank you for listening to this special episode. I'm your host, John Aiden
0: You've been listening to Life on Planet Earth with John Aiden Byrne. To reach the host or learn about advertising or sponsorship opportunities, call 973-664-9460 in the U.S. or email burndesk at gmail.com. That's 973-664-9460 in the US, or email burndesk at gmail.com. 973 664 9460 in the US or email Burndesk at gmail.com.